Hi everyone, welcome to the Money Wisdom Podcast. This is our Providence' very own podcast, which is now into season two. Today, we are very honored to have Wei Chun and Rei Ming, who are co-founders at the Work Salary Man, as our guests. Both of them and the Work Salary Man really need no introduction, but just for formality's sake, please let me introduce the Work Salary Man. I tried to write a short intro for both of you okay. and your company, but I gave up, lah. Okay, and realizing sure that, huh? <laughs> no, I, I gave up because I realized that after I read your FAQ uh, about your own introduction of yourself, I I find that you know I can't do a much better job than what you have written. So, mm. um, bear with me. Can can. I'm gonna read okay from your FAQ, your aim and what does it mean? Okay, mm. because I find that to be very relevant for some of the questions that I want to ask you, lah. Okay, so from your FAQ on your website, it says here, "What is the work salary man's aim?" And both of you said that uh, you set up the work salary man with the intention of helping Singaporeans make better financial and life choices through education. I found it very meaningful. Okay, because at Provident, we always say we want to help people first make life decisions and use use life choices, lah. Mm. Okay, before making financial decision, and you talk about financial decisions as well. So and then let me continue. Uh, even if it means deviating from the conventional path, always preached by previous generations, conventional wisdom. We believe that when people are financially stable, they are more able to make rational and wiser decisions, not just for themselves, but for society. Okay. And the second para. What does it mean to be a work salary man? Being a work salary man isn't about how much money you have or what's in your investment portfolio. It's about you dedicating yourself to financially bettering yourself, so you don't fall prey to the sometimes brutal capitalist society that we live in. Final para. At the same time, it also is about using your wealth to help society in meaningful ways. It's easy to be rich. It's easy to be kind. Uh, I read this a few times this morning. Okay, because I was thinking like, okay, is it easy to be rich? Huh? Actually, <laughs> is it easy to yeah. be kind? Mm. Mm. But that's true, that's true. I I I I I'm not sure. But it's you're right. It's definitely not easy to be both kind mm. and rich. And so as work salary man, this is what we strive to achieve. I really like what you and and I'm not saying this as an intro because I really like what both of you have written. So I just want to. Start uh, by asking uh, something that I've not prepped you all. Uh. Mm. So it's been this is what this is the fourth year. Mm. Almost so fourth year. Yeah, twi- almost. You all started twenty nineteen, right? Yeah. yeah, April. Yeah. So if you look back uh, for the last four years, do you think uh, in many ways you have achieved that aim that you set out to achieve? Well, I think it's always like a a work in progress. But I think the we probably help quite a lot of people during the pandemic sort out their finances. So I think we can at least claim some credit for that. Uh, but obviously, I think some things we didn't do 100% perfectly. I think uh, whether or not people have linked us to fire a lot. So sometimes when people think work ceremony, they think financially independent, retire yeah. early. But mm-hmm. actually, all we are after all is to to make people have a better relationship with money, mm. which is not exactly fire. Mm. So I think that's one of the unfortunate side effects. But I think overall, I think we did it pretty good. What do you think, Wei Chun? Yeah. I think we've left the mark. Like we are known to most people who are interested in this kind of topic in mm. Singapore. Uh, but a mark is just a mark, like, and a mark cannot endure. So 
we've realized that we can't just make it mm. then have mm. said oh we've said everything we've said now this is your tome that you carry with you mm. like maybe it's the content space or social media it's, it's different from say a book but also book need to update edition when mm. the things change you know so mm. we've now it's, it's like a conversation now where we keep mm. talking to our audience and mm. like when we first started people kept asking hey, you're right about personal finance like how much stuff can you really write but actually it's, it's, it just keeps going because mm. there's news then people's attitudes change also and then the new generation coming out has new problems and the way they see the world is new and then we can also draw from the past and the mm. past is the infinite resource of lessons to learn so right. it just keeps keeps on going yeah. Yeah. it's interesting you said that you know how much can you write about personal finance because just just last night I was listening to this podcast I think it's called a better idea podcast or something like that and that guy said the same thing mm. he said like you know when he started this whole podcast thing and people are asking like well, you know personal finance I mean how yeah, much how can you much talk about you? personal finance yeah. you know so it's interesting that you mentioned the same thing uh, but I like the way that you have uh, been taught, sort of like teaching uh, financial literacy through stories right because a lot of times uh, we read bloggers uh, they're very heavy stuff mm. the technical bits right and but you tell it through stories uh, you tell it through comics, which appeal to a lot of young people. Uh, and Remy, you mentioned relationship to money uh, or relationship with money. Uh, I find that to be meaningful because I like this kind. And obviously you have... Uh, what kind? I like those stories that has got to link with life, right. money stories. Right. Okay? I think I remember there was one about... Uh, 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 relationship with our parents, you know, mm. the money, you know. Um, so I, 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 I like uh, finance to be tied to life. I mean, what makes you... I mean, also because it's, it's, it's so... I mean, we live in Singapore, right? Money is literally like the, the currency that we need to have relationships uh, with, with each other. I mean, if I want to support my parents, I need money. If I want to send my kid to, to school, I need money. Actually, mm. money permeates like almost all aspects of life. So you mm. could talk about it like forever mm. I feel yeah and sometimes uh, in a way uh, people think like money doesn't mean uh, everything you know so I can some people say you know, I can love my parents in different ways I don't want to give them money and all that but uh, money is a very tangible way yeah. of showing love because it requires sacrifice mm-hmm. right personal and sacrifice time also time is money so where I choose to like I think uh, someone was talking about money as one of the love languages yeah I think Christopher Ng actually oh, was talking about it. Oh, <laughs> I thought actually, actually not bad because like if, if, time, if, if time and spending time with somebody is a love language, then time can convert to money. Okay. Then why, why not, right? Like in yeah, Chinese, yeah. they always say like, uh, tan qian, shang shang qing. Qing, yes. but actually it's linked. I mean yeah. like you, I kind of get it. Then also like I, I'm an artist. So like I always used to think like, oh, art cannot be discussed in the same sentence as money because mm. it's my passion. My passion mm. and my parents cannot touch. But actually money helps. I yeah. found that to be true. I think also, uh, there's, also there's also this saying, right, that um, time cannot buy money. Mm. Actually not true, mm. 100%. Mm. Time cannot buy money in the sense that you cannot prolong your life forever money. Like eventually you die. But mm. let's say I'm a business owner. Mm. Then I have, I have too many things on my hand, right? Mm. I pay someone to do it. That is me buying time. Mm. I, I outsource it so I can spend time with my mm. family and that's how, that, that's why money is so important. Oh, you mean money cannot buy time? Ma- yeah, money can buy time. Because you said time cannot buy money. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so what yeah. you mean is money uh, yeah, cannot buy time. Yeah, sorry. Money sorry. cannot buy time. So, sometimes I, I write, right? So like the words get 
bumble understand. my head. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with you. I mean, if you have got money, in a way, it helps you buy some time, right? You can you can stop work for a while, for example, if you have money. But of course, you know the journey to get that mm. mo- that money before you can buy time can take a while, mm. Now, I, I want to move on and, and talk about the second part of your parallel right? because uh, you know it says there there must be something that has happened in the past or you have experienced before that make you write this. Right? It says it's easy to be rich, it's easy to be kind. It's not easy to achieve both. So I want to start by asking you the questions that I prepped you, okay, which is, you know, share with us some of the money beliefs that you have and how did that shape your money values today? And is that related to what you wrote in your, on your website when you say it's easy to be kind, uh, it's easy to be rich, but it's very hard to be both. Yeah, are they all somehow? I think to together? clarify the point about it's easy to be rich because I, I actually understand now. Like reading it, it might sound like, huh, being rich is easy, man. But actually, I think what we meant was like to be rich already, to be rich now is a easy, is easier experience, right? Because cost of living you pay. So actually, what I think the the caveat to that is that becoming rich is not easy, okay. right? So that's the the caveat to that. But then, uh, ah, okay, yeah. I get what you're trying to say. Right, right, right. I so get what you're trying the to phraseology, say. I think, can be a bit more precise, but it's a good point that you pick okay, up. I'll, I'll edit it after. This. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, guys. Please don't be offended by it. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know. Now I understand. Yeah. So what you are saying is that okay, I'm rich already, mm. and it's easy, mm. right? But uh, to be both, uh, to be easy and rich, might mm. not be so easy. So, but tell me, tell me about, you know, your significant journeys in life, your beliefs yeah. that. Uh, shape both of you to be where you are I think I say today. mine because I think your one is, is really awesome so it should leave the best for last so so I think mine is like I, I, I have a reputation among my friends and especially my wife for being very kiamsiap like I don't like to spend money and stuff so where that comes from for me like my significant sort of like inciting incident in my money journey was when I graduated from uni and then uh I just took on the uh, a debt for uni, but I didn't think about it when I signed the thing when I was in what year kind one. What debt was that? Just a uni, uh, university loan. No? Oh, the study loan. Yeah, study oh, loan, okay. like 25k, you know, then that's it. La. But when I graduated, then I start to like have to think about money and look for a job. Now I'm like, hey, actually, what, what is 25k? <laughs> I didn't even know what that number meant. I just, hey, I'll pay it off, I'll pay it off. Then to think about it, like, in terms of, hmm, my projected salary for my industry is maybe like 3k. Then like, wow, that is like, a lot of months. <laughs> so that made me very like, I must really hunger down and really watch my spending and mm. become more kemsiap. So uh, that, that is my formative moment. Yeah. Rei Ming, you want to say your... Uh, before I pass to ah, the, okay. come to Rei Ming, right? Yeah. Uh, so would you say that, you know, in the earlier days, you were not as financially literate like now mm-hmm. because you didn't think very much yes. about uh, money and it was only later on that you realised that, wow, that's actually quite a big sum to pay off mm-hmm. that you became a bit more interested in personal finance, especially budgeting, like you have to now Absolutely, save money to pay yeah. off. Okay. Because I'm from Malaysia, right? So uh, my mom was the one that pushed for me to study in Singapore. And what that meant was that it's going to be a lot more expensive, like, especially for somebody who's earning money in Malaysia to have to convert Singapore dollar, right? And we mm. all know how that story goes and how it's further going on now where, for mm. example, basically the Singapore currency is just surging and then the Malaysia currency is just depreciating against right, it. Right, so right. only when I graduated then I realised what my parents were doing, mm. which is that they're trying to tank my pocket money and my school fees in a currency that was depreciating against the currency that I was living in. So when I graduated... 
like there are a lot of options where in terms of like people say why don't you just borrow from your mom and dad first mm. so ask them for the money pay off the lump sum then mm. you return it back to them with no interest I'm sure mm. they're okay with that okay. but I never asked okay. I think if I asked they would be okay with it but I just yeah. understanding the currency depreciation situation mm. I just felt like hey, it's my choice to go uni they never forced me to go uni mm. so this is my burden to take on so it became my personal quest to attack this thing as hard and as fast oh, as I that's can that's very impressive yeah, that was very formative lah And and can I just push a bit further and ask? Mm. Did you come from a family where financially you are very comfortable, and uh, and they could have easily supported uh. you through uni, but then you chose to pay on your own, or uh. did your parents, even though they are financially very comfortable, they say no, I'm going to let Wei Chun do this. So I think in Malaysia, way. right, we are mm. middle class. So okay. I'll set the scene lah. We have a house, and then. Uh, In Malaysia, because cars are so cheap, I think everybody had a car. Okay. Like my brother got a car, my sister got a car. But when you translate to to Singapore, that sounds crazy. You know? But actually, in Malaysia, very common. Who is the politician that said that? Which one? What said what? I have a car. My wife has a car. Everyone has a car. What, in Singapore? <laughs> yeah, yeah someone said it. Someone okay, in Singapore, the context is completely yeah, different. So please go and check out the differences in prices of cars before you think like I'm very privileged. Because that wasn't the case. I know. I, I asked my friend who is in uh, Australia right now, and he has a nice uh, Porsche SUV. So I asked him, hey, "How much is your car?" And then he said, uh, "Yeah, two hundred fifty thousand Aussie right?" Then I said, "What? You know, the Toyota or the Toyota, the Subaru Forester that I'm driving now is like almost two hundred thousand dollars. It's crazy, lah, right? <laughs> so in Malaysia, it's just actually it's not Malaysia. It's just that Singapore is the way it is because of COE, okay, you know. Okay. So so I think we are we are comfortable. But also not like can just retire because okay. my parents uh my my dad is retired but my mom is still working. And their salary man, uh, them, or they're in business. They are in business. They're okay. employers lah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. So, uh, my and my question really is: I know you took on this burden yourself, which mm. is uh, really really laudable. Uh, okay la. I don't think it's as hard as. So, for example, I have friends from uh, America whose uni fees were I mean astronomical, you know, like fifty k, hundred k, one, no. What do you pay as a uh, foreigner in, uh, when you study in local uni? Uh, so at the time, like uh, you still had to pay a certain percentage every year. Okay. Then left over, I had about twenty five k, twenty five twenty eight k left over that I had to thank myself. Like. I see. And then the interest rate was about like five to six percent. I, I okay. don't quote me on that. It's it's quite high one. Okay. For me, yeah. yeah. So you took on the burden. Your parents allowed you to do this on your own. Mm. Uh, right. I'm just gonna ask this question before I move to Raymond. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. How did you feel about you walking this journey instead of, you know, many, I'm not saying all, many of the students today, they have the privilege of their parents paying everything, yeah. including buying, buying them a car when they're in university. Yeah, right? But yeah. you didn't have that privilege. How did you, what did you, what do you think? I don't know. Honestly, I, I always, I, I have this kind of thing where I don't really let other people's lives uh, set the standard for me. So I never thought much about it. I've always been very independent because like, mm. Um, I mean back in my secondary school days, and we wrote about it in a comic about how mm. I used to travel here, travel across the causeway every day to get to school. So, oh, so, so that was what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I was very independent in in that way, and it didn't really uh mean anything for me. And I I, I would never hung around people who would judge me for that anyway. So, mm. uh, for example, when I graduated poly, I I stayed in a very crappy, uh, illegally rented. Property for a while, so mm. it was like three hundred fifty dollars a month. There was mm. no washing machine, no water heater. So I'm very okay with okay living like a cockroach, one, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have vested interest asking that question because mm. uh, my son, of course, graduated from uh, uni local, mm. and my daughter is right now in Melbourne studying. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, so you're uh, thinking like, what do they feel when 
Not you, just not not that because okay when I when I changed my car when my son went to the uni, yeah. and my car still had about two years of COE, and uh, uh, my son needed transport because my son played a sport that needed him to travel from NTU okay. all okay. the way back to the east, yeah. so he decided to go and learn uh, motorbike. Oh, okay, okay. And then when a lot of parents heard that, they say, "Why do of you allow course. your son go bike? You know how yeah. dangerous and all that. No, you yeah. should have given him the car and yeah. all that." And my thinking was that, "No, I don't want him to have a car before he even work because that becomes a privilege. And if mm-hmm. he gets used to it, you know, then, well, and then he can't afford the car and all that, right? Yeah. So that was my thinking. And now my daughter is in uh, Melbourne, yeah. so again, someone asked me and said, "Oh, uh, how does she go to school?" I said, "She cycle." Oh, that's so dangerous! You know, you should have bought a car because wow. it's so cheap. Yeah, we got a brand new car in uh, Australia. Twenty thousand, you can buy a brand new yeah. Toyota small car, right? Yeah. I see. Yeah, but it's not the amount, right? Because I don't want her to start driving a car before even she earn her own money. Mm. Even though yes, I can afford it. Uh, and just the other day, a few days ago, she had an accident. Another bike uh, bumped mm. into her, and she fell, and all that. And honestly, as a father, heart pain, uh, Of course, you know, and I. But my wife told me that uh, yes, the heart is very painful. But I think we did the right thing because these are important lessons that they will grow up with and they will remember, right? Yeah. That money doesn't come easy. Yeah. You know, I I didn't have the privilege of driving and all that. So I that's why that's, I, I asked you. Right. So so thanks for explaining. I think that that is a great point. I think I think you're right when you say that next time they understand. Even mm-hmm. if they, I assume they understand now anyway because okay. it seems like you. Even though you are okay now, like you raise them with a certain amount of like discipline, mm. well, maybe just discipline, but like you must understand that these things don't come easy, you know. Yeah. And I felt like that was a great gift that my parents gave me. And also, on that note, like I, I I felt a little bit similar to what you relate with your you know letting your your kid ride a motorbike mm. and then mm. to cycle to school. It's like um, the greatest gift my parents gave me was that they let me go. They give. They let me go. Like, cause I've seen the opposite, especially prevalent in Singapore. I feel that personally, mm. where a lot of parents try to helicopter too closely, mm. and it ruins the child's ability to really go out and really mm. see for themselves what the world is mm. like. And then when they're suddenly let go by themselves, they they don't know how to deal with it. Mm. And I've had to acquire this kind of like street smart, they call it. You mm. know, cause got a lot of different type of intelligence. And I think what you're doing in this case is. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. I, I, I just want to thank him because uh, I found that to be very encouraging as a parent because sometimes- so pain, you right? Pain, you see your daughter for you. Then My son had a bike really. accident uh, a few months ago. Uh, uh, yeah. All bruises all over, you know, yeah. and it's pain. Yeah, yeah but, and, and sometimes you doubt yourself like, whether, yeah. Yeah, do you really need to do this? Yeah, yeah. yeah so encouragement from a son like you <laughs> is very I important. I pay off in the long run. Thank Even you. though in the thank short you. term, it might hurt sometimes when you get thank into you. accidents. Well, I got so much to say about like Singaporeans being hooked on the idea of like <laughs> convenience, mm. but maybe maybe you can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for sharing, Richun. Okay, no now, problem. supposedly the juicier story. Oh, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I feel like Richun kind of set me up to have high expectations, so please <laughs> don't no, have high expectations. So, I mean, so personally, as a kid, right, I, had, I was very, very bad at finances. Like really damn bad. I was the kind of kid that my dad gave me allowance every month, right, in an attempt to discipline me and t- teach me about money management. By like the 15th of every month, I have no money. I use up all my pocket money. What do you use it for? I think like play land, go eat. Oh, last okay. time, last time got land gaming lah. And okay. yeah, of, of course I, you no, remember. No, no. Don't I, remember? Okay. I have never played any computer games. Okay, so I guess all. you went even before that era. So now my can we can. I am very old, firstly, and my my parents are very very poor, so we don't have money for all those things. Okay, so by end of fifteen, I used all my money. Then last time POSB minimum withdrawal is twenty dollar, right? So I couldn't withdraw twenty dollar in cash. So I remember like 
during the end part of the month, I just go around asking like, hey, can pay by nets, can pay by nets. Because if I cannot pay by nets, I cannot eat there because I only got draw. a $20. Mm. I think this happened like all the way until I went to uh, university, graduated, came back to Singapore. And then I discovered like the real working world for myself, like, right? I think my first salary was 2007. And then I was like, wow, this is, this is tough. Like what, what did my parents uh, go through, you know, all, all those years, someone sent me a, for the overseas education also. Mm-hmm. And then some point, I think that year that I came back to study, my mom had a stroke also. Oh no. Like the damn bad stroke kind. I think like she, like I, th- I think even until now, maybe more than t- going to 10 years already, like she, she can't walk, she can't, she can't be by herself, stuff like that. And then that was the moment I decided like, well, I'm going to pursue financial independence. So number one, I will not be a burden to my parents. And I, can support them if the situation arises. Your your mom, uh, before she had that stroke, she was uh, working. Yeah, she was a bookkeeper. I see. Yeah, so she, I think, I feel quite bad, quite bad about mom because she worked for like 40 years and then she she never had like her retirement moment, right? She just walked, she just walked, 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 one day collapsed at work, boom. And then this is her life now. I mean, not, not that it's bad. I mean, I bought her a big screen TV. She can enjoy watching YouTube, but like, I'm sure that's not what played out in her mind when mm. she thought of retirement. Yeah. So during during the journey to financial financial independence, I I mean the whole other bunch whole other bunch of things that happened. I did a lot of side hustles. I met a lot of like nasty people, including like uh, working in jobs that were not really like respected by society, like F and B. I work at a hostel, and then along the way, I learned like okay, number one, like money really very hard to earn. Number two, if I if I don't work on uh giving myself some form of financial independence. Mm. I'll always be at the mercy of this, this society mm. we live in. I think people always say like, old, old Sam men always preach like very capitalist values, right? They don't, and it's not always about like, like where, where's, the, where's the part of like the humanity, the kindness. Mm. But I think what I experienced taught me that to exercise kindness, you need to have resources. And if you don't work, and you don't work in a job that gives you resources, then you mm. have no resources and you have no agency in society. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I can see where that uh, sort of what you want to be uh, from that story. Because like you said, it's easy to have money. Yeah. That's what you mean, or that's what, at least what you meant when you say it's easy to be rich. But then when you have money, it's not so easy to be, to be kind. You can be so consumed with your yep. own wealth and yeah. you don't care about the rest yep. uh, of the people in the world. I, 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 shared this with my children and I uh, said this, I said that unfortunately, the world judge us based on what we have or what we don't have. Based on the car you drive, mm. the more money you have in your bank, the kind of shirt you wear, the brand of the bag you carry, that's how the world will judge us. I think it depends which world you're in, at least in mm. any major city in the world, mm. like uh, Melbourne, Singapore, New York, Barcelona, mm. people will do that. Lah. Yeah. So if you want to thrive in this environment, Mm. then you got to do what they do in Rome over there. Mm. Of course, if you move to somewhere that they don't care, then, then good for mm. you. Uh. Yep. But even then, yep. you must build the capability to move there. Yep. If not, you are just stuck in your yep. high cost of living environment. So I told them the response then to this, because the world, ask, the world judge us based on what we have, what we do not have. Go all out and get everything that you need so that the world will listen to us. Because if you don't have it, unfortunately, the world will listen to, to you, right? But once you have gotten what you have gotten, 
don't judge others based on what they have exactly. or do Absolutely. not have. Yeah. And so. finally, don't let other people judge you based on what you have materially or do not have because you're not defined by your wealth. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So once you have a certain amount of wealth, you can defy society and yeah. without consequences. Well, I mean, without much consequences. Obviously, if you murder someone, consequences yeah. still there. <laughs> but if you wear like a lock or t-shirt mm. and you don't wear that nicely, it's fine. Because mm. you also don't need people business. You don't need to be employed. You don't need to very be true. judged mm. by someone who is very superficial. Mm. So in a way, money is a way to break free of societal expectations that are not always good for, for you mm. or even the world. Very true. So I read when you first started, as I both of you were doing like this, this, this whole work salary man thing was like a side hustle. Mm. Is it still like that now? You know, both of you are like full-time now into this. We went full-time after a year. It was a side hustle at first. It was like, uh, we'll do our nine to five jobs. Then we go home, uh, maybe watch an episode on Netflix and have dinner with our girlfriend. Mm. And then- Girlfriends, yeah, we girlfriends, are two girlfriends, not, yeah, not share one girlfriend. <laughs> girlfriend slash wife. Uh, because my girlfriend became my wife, not that. Got one girlfriend, got one wife. Yeah, okay. so uh, one hour watching something, have dinner. Then we would usually work from about 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. every day on this thing. So. Mm. Uh, it's not sustainable. Nah. We understand that we are burning both ends of the candle here and it's really okay. difficult. Uh, because my commute was very long. Right. I, I stay in Marine Parade and I work at uh, Jurong East. So my commute is about three hours. So I would draw on the train actually. So actually I got a lot of work done during that commute wow. period. Then I can watch one extra two episode. And fro, uh, two and fro, uh, total three hours. Total three hours. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. yeah, I take train. Yeah. So, so we did that for a while. Then afterwards we managed to monetize. Then after a year... I quit my job, then four months later, Raymond quit his job. Then we start doing it full-time. So work. sensitive question, you mm. don't have to answer if you don't yeah. want to. So right now, what you are taking home? Is it more than replace your previous job income? Okay, so my previous one, I think was 6K. Now I think for tax reasons also, we have increased our conversation to something like, are you comfortable with saying? I think it's 8, yeah, 8K. 8, man, I thought yeah. it was 6.8. No, it's 8. It's eight now. You get six point eight because I pay the CPF in the house. Oh, okay, yeah. Aye, so that's yeah. the amount. Why you like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, you oh, make me. You make me unloop. You make me unloop. But anyway, it's more than what I used to take, and okay, and okay. I try to spend like I think like my budget, the the rough amount I gave myself was like two k, and I think that's very comfortable for me. Yeah, very comfortable. So two k, I'm like okay. I then anything above four actually I okay already. So okay. I, I'm quite okay. Okay. Nowadays, if we manage to make more money. I also don't know what that means for me because I've set my baseline of living to a certain level and I, I like that a lot. It, it means to me, it means that I'm very immune to a lot of things that mm. could happen. So like y'all were talking earlier about how you can, you can attain wealth by earning more money yeah. to set yourself free. But I think another way of doing that is that you lower your consumption so that you yeah. become very low, But very it's efficient. not easy, right? I mean, it's difficult. I, actually, I, how, how do you do that? <laughs> well, so... Can, so now I pay myself 8k every month but I spend like someone that earn 4.5k so I spend like the median person mm. but that also means the median person is spending like me and saving a lot less and sometimes yes, I that's right I worry for them because like so like for example I can have a nice meal maybe twice a month mm. the normal person will have a nice meal like 4-5 four, four, times mm. a month like mm. a mi median salary person so actually I, I also don't know like are they really saving anything like what was it going to be like if they go out of job for, for a couple of months? I think, I think yeah. that, that is pretty worrying as well. Mm. Wow. I, I just have to say, I'm so impressed because it's really not easy in Singapore, mm. uh, especially the younger generation, uh. because we want to keep up 
with our friends, right? And it's so easy when our salary goes up, immediately people start thinking about, okay, okay, now I can buy that, that car that I want, I can afford, of course they can't. Yeah. They are spending within their means, but they are not spending below their means. So no, they spending, they, they spend within, so they, they earn, within. maybe they earn eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. spend eight lah. Oh yeah, so they're on the treadmill. They're still right? within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. treadmill, they are, because if you want to advance, right, you must spend below your means. Yeah, you must spend below your means, right? And obviously, both of you, you have just shared that you are spending below your means. And that's why you got savings. Uh, there's yeah. a quote among uh, cyclist circles, right? They like to say that, uh, how do you know a country is wealthy? It's when the rich people also take public transport. Uh, so I feel like okay. I would love that to be the culture of Singapore, whereby we are proud of the fact that we are very efficient. Okay. And, and there are certain cultures that have that kind of thing. Uh, but I would love if that could become something. But of course, consumerism also is part of uh, this country being... Uh, uh, economically, economically strong <laughs> exactly <laughs> la. yeah. so I mean ideally I think from a local government standpoint maybe you leave that kind of thing up to the expats that come in who are very rich then we be very efficient and very very like we are wealthy but we okay but, but then when you do that you know the, there comes a very visible inequality and then people start getting unhappy because Ayo, why the expat get to drive car or on mm. the surface la. then I must take public transport that's why I feel like yeah. the the, the code uh, or the pride should come from I can afford it but look I know what I need and I can be happy with less yeah. there's a sort of like there's a pride there for me I also feel actually I understand what Raymond has just said like, because mm. I've been to this part of Singapore yes, yes. and when I went there I sat there and I'm like this is unreal this is not the Singapore that I know you this know, is what it, the equality looks like yeah this and this offshore island in Singapore where a lot of uh, foreigners stay <laughs> yeah. so I sat there like this is not Singapore, we, this is we had real. This, we had the exact same experience in that same part because when we went to cycle there, then mm. the gate was open. <laughs> so we just rode in, you know, and then we're like, wow, these houses are, are ridiculous. Yeah, you know? unreal. There was one with some Egyptian thing, then got two well, statues yeah. of Anubis yeah. outside, then got torch one. So and like, the guy not even living there. Yeah, it's it like you, you spend 20 million to have an ugly <laughs> house yeah. in Singapore. Are you serious? No, then I sat there and I saw like this helper on a Segway walking the dog. They're like, wow, this this... Helper actually dress better than my wife. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's unreal. So you're right, right? Yeah, so after a while, you feel unhappy. Yeah, but at the heart of it, you must understand why this is happening, right? Mm. Singapore has aging population. Our costs increase. We have to fight climate change. Mm. We're gonna need tax dollars. Understand? Where yeah. does tax dollars come from? Understand. Rich people. Yeah. Right. If we don't come from rich people, then we gotta tax the the lower and medium income people yeah. more. Yeah. And yeah. Understand? But well. What you said in your your last story was right, like, and the rich man can become very unhappy when they start to compare. Yeah. So we cannot go there. And, okay, why are they so rich? And I'm, then yeah, because, we will never be happy. Because like. objectively, if you live in Singapore, you enjoy like top ten percent of lives in the world. Mm. Right? right. Just by being here. Right? Yeah. Mm, that's right. I mean, if you want to compare, why not you go compare people living in Somalia where they have to be part, you know, have to be part, have to go resort to piracy to make a living. Mm. Right. So next question. Uh, where you are today after being woken <laughs> right do you feel a lot more com uh, confident in managing your own finance I mean I, I'm hearing that both of you are very actually good in managing your money already as at least from the budgeting standpoint but generally do you feel confident in other areas investing getting yourself properly insured and all that are you all more confident I think I take a very like simple approach when it comes to investing because I think when it's simple, very few things can go wrong. Mm. Also, like I also not at the stage of my, my life with a lot of complications. Like mm. for example, uh, still single, no kids, 
don't need to think about succession all this. So I think uh, by and large, I'm still confident at this stage. You okay. know, in the future where things become more, you know, I got more and more uh, dependence. You know, things might become more complicated for for tax reasons and okay. you know. Uh, I think in general, most people, including myself, let's say their net worth uh, under two million, right? You can you can get along well with just uh, buying simple index fund. You you, you want to buy like a simple, you can have a simple three fund portfolio, like local index fund, mm. uh, S and P five hundred, mm. or you, you do like a global index fund, right? Right. Then you have a bond portfolio. Could mm. be CPF, could be Singapore savings bonds, okay. could be one of those corporate bonds that. Sometimes they release in limited trenches. Mm. I think that's enough for most people. Most people. I mean, yes. of course, then you have your uh, term insurance coverage. Mm. You know, don't buy anything too too unnecessary. Like IOPs are unnecessary. Insurance. Even whole life maybe is not necessary. I think whole life. Okay, whole life depends mm. depends on, on the person. For example, they don't invest. Maybe can buy whole life. Mm. But in general, I think term life is a, a great choice. Yeah. Level totally term. Yeah. yeah. Level term all, all the way. So mm. I think in general. I am okay with my own finances at this stage of life, but of mm. course, when things change, uh, things. So yeah, yeah. Chun, from someone who, you know, not really literate, yeah. don't care about money. Mm. What do you think now? I'm still not very uh, technically literate, to be honest, because I, I do mainly the art. So I'm also, I think, the layman advocate for the company. So when Rimming writes something, if it's too, you if don't I don't understand it, I think it cannot. Cause, cause you I translate think, it. Yeah, so so I do know some stuff like it's like the hazard occupational hazard from doing this for the past four years. So I do know something. So, but personally, I don't feel very confident. I don't know, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing because I've made some mistakes. Right? Like for example, uh, during the past like three two three years where the tech stocks were going up, I did buy some. Okay. It's very little like it's like less than ten percent of my portfolio. The rest mm. is just like like Remy was saying, keep it very simple. So, uh, it's just a mixture of like uh, ETF like your S and P five hundred. Uh, global index and then like uh, the Singapore SCI ETF. That's that's all I have. So I, I do feel very silly for all the little things that I bought for fun mm. just to try and make. So do you get advice from Ray Ming? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't bug him all the time also, you know, and I know okay. what he would say already. Okay. Um, like he has this thing where uh, what is simple is hard. I, I love that point that he has about simple is hard. And sometimes you know the advice, right? But then you still... Especially in the heat of yeah. all this like boom market, you are like, hey, maybe I just try also, mm. you know? So it's just really hard to stay simple. I, I think not everyone is immune. So I mean, even last year, I went to buy crypto to try, right? I mean, of course, it's all about asset allocation. Mm. Keep yeah. it no more than, than 5%. Mm. And you sometimes you just got to try these things because you honestly don't know where it's headed. Yeah, and, and you as, have to learn. As, yeah, and as long as you... Invest what you can afford to lose. Mm. I think it's well, I feel so it's stupid like though, you know. I look at all the the rate, even though it's like less than ten percent of everything. I just yeah. look at it and like, wow. I'm so the growth bummed. stock or the or the crypto? No, I never bought any crypto. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, but I, I sold yeah. it already. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not okay. that not much loss. Yeah, yeah. So, if you all need, for example, advice, right? If you need somebody to speak to, mm. who do you all speak to? Well, first I would probably. I mean. I'll probably consult YouTube first. <laughs> right. Okay. Consult. Okay. Uh, I think I have one of my few favorite channels, like the the Plain Bagel. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Very down to earth guy. He's not like a normal YouTuber. Like, do you know what happened in the stock market this oh, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my buy god. Buy this now. <laughs> yeah, buy this now. Right. So I tend so on the technical side, I, I when I need to understand like a new sort of like instrument I'm looking at, I'll probably go there. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actual specific product knowledge, right, I'll probably need to speak uh speak to a professional. Okay. 
I used to have a friend called Harris. He used to be. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. I think he's at he's at all my home now, but he used to be at. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Promised Land or something. That's right. That's right. Then he went to became become a property guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So I would, I would kind of like ask him because he has all the the technical knowledge, and I do not have like the all the, all the offerings at the back of my head also. Okay. So then I would probably use using as like a sounding board, like what do you mm. think of this, 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 this when it comes to the specific product. Okay. I also have this friend I got to know. It's called he's called Elijah. Elijah uh, Wood. I, no, not Elijah Wood. I think Elijah Lee. I think he works at Poems also. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I yeah, happen yeah, to yeah. see. I happen to see his face on the Money FM. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I I like to talk to financial advisors who are more interested in educating because I think that's how they build trust. Mm. If there's trust enough trust, then. I will buy products from you. Okay. If but I, I or oh, I really dislike those kind hard sell you, like make you FOMO mm, or yeah. or like assume you don't know anything. You right. know, for example, bro, you buy this you can get eight percent. Yeah, like a percent based on what? You know, eight percent mm. is uh, expected returns, right? But mm. it's not the actual thing, right? Mm. Then uh, then they'll be like, Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> so you need to have some knowledge at least lah. So I feel like there are too many FAs in the in the industry that of course there are good ones but there are enough bad ones to give the whole industry a bad name uh, a bad rep yeah I understand yeah so which one you speak to anyone at all or no uh, I asked him okay <laughs> but then I, I know that that's not like completely what I should do I, I do want to eventually transit to uh, getting advice from somebody who does it professionally like Provident you know uh, because I, I, I do have a uh, a person that that I bought insurance from. It's just somebody that I bought my first insurance from. Okay. But the fact that he is commission based, even though he's a he's a good guy, like he doesn't he's not sleazy. He doesn't mm. come and and like you know. But I also kind of sometimes get the sense that the agenda is sometimes set by the company and the product, okay. and not really uh, just from my POV. And I think he knows also. So whenever I meet with him, it's a very fast, uh, low aggro thing, and he also understand that I would have done my research you right, know, right, on the right. individual product. But he does sometimes push me to to get things and increase my coverage when my say my network goes out or something like that. You know that I need that product because a lot of people, and this might surprise y'all because y'all are very passionate about the finance stuff. But it's very boring and annoying to go and tap this thing all the time. You know, so I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. So I think ideally, uh, next time when my network increases more, uh, like Riming has a great point about that. We we're just talking about like. Mm. This this issue and because he has a great point about it. Because we were looking at questions yeah, yeah, yesterday, yeah. then he asked me. He asked me at which point we uh, engage like a fee based uh, yeah, yeah, advisor. Yeah. I was telling like if like my net worth like balloons to a certain amount, you know, like let, let's say two million and above, then I have a very complex situation. Like let's say mm. I have divorced, I have five children. What estate is it? Then like the other the ex wife got another two children. Mm. Then I, that in that situation, I will probably need a financial advisor. Because okay. Who who can have all the like tax laws at the back mm. of the head? It's yeah. I don't want to bear that kind of burden. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean I definitely agree with you because uh, I don't believe that everyone needs a financial advisor, especially when your situation is simple. In fact, I mean we have people coming to us and then we always tell them that you don't, don't need. Yeah. Mm. You don't, don't really. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't pay us because huh. it's not it's not worth your money to pay us. Um, 
Because it's so simple. I can just point right. you some directions, you know, okay, you need insurance, just go and buy some term, you know, right. speak to your insurance agents, ask them to compare this term for you, you know, and if you really just want to invest, uh, if you're prepared to learn, you know, it's easy to buy ETF, you know, mm. and if not, just go to the robos, make sure you find the right yes. robo, <laughs> you know, and you can do this all by yourself until it becomes a bit more complicated. Then if you feel that you you need us to give you the advice and you come to us. Then it's worthwhile you paying us the fee. Very fair. Right? Because I also don't want you to come to us and pay us the fee. Then you go away like, wow, I pay this guy so much money. You need to tell me this simple thing. Uh, yeah, then yeah. you feel so, you still feel so right. cheated, right? Yeah, because it makes sense. I mean, you have to make, it also you have to charge like a certain fee for your business model to make sense yes, also, right? That's yeah, right. Yes, yes. It cannot be, you all be charging like $50 for- You spend the same amount of time on it. You know? like, so it can't be like, uh, $100,000 client, same fee as a $50 million client. Yeah, it, yeah. You guys will, will collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it's, yeah, I mean, for us, we are, it's, it, it's time-based in that it depends on how complex the work. Right? So, exactly. you are, so you are right. Yeah, but which I want to agree with you. Huh? I'm a finance graduate. Finance is really boring. Oh. You know, I... <laughs> Will your colleagues be angry at you? No, no, but it's okay, like only maybe Keith, huh? If I say interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I, I mean I find it boring, but I just know that it's necessary to hmm? to know la. And I like you, I like to translate it into something that's easy life. to understand yeah. in life and how you connect yeah. with life, right? Yeah. So um have both of you actually made like huge financial mistakes before? I think the biggest one uh, I make Maybe not that big. It's just that that less than ten percent part where I bought the the stocks that I now regret buying. Lor. it's things like Facebook, ah, uh, Apple, that kind of thing. Cause I saw that everybody like, seems to be hyping. It's not over it. yet. You're still having it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I never yeah. sold anything. Okay. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's all. Yeah. Okay. For me, I bought uh, I bought crypto. Then I went to stake it. So when the allocation mm. grew from, no, when when the wait, whispering something. No, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, everybody will listen. My God, yeah. can, can, can you not interrupt me like that? You always, you always do this. It's very annoying. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I won't interrupt your rhetoric. Right. Sorry. So yeah. when the when the allocation grew from five percent to ten percent, it was staked, so I couldn't sell it. And then because of that, when the crypto crash, right, I lost all all the mm. the whole amount, okay. which was uh, quite a lot, lah. Was okay. was six figures. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a lot. Yeah, was, was six figures. I mean. The 10% was six figures uh, at the time. So, uh, I mean, uh. obviously I felt very sin because I, I, was, I was taking the, the train away soon. Then I was just looking at the number go down and down and down. And I was like, oh, wow, this sucks. But okay, but at least got I asset allocation. I stopped, it became exponentially downer and downer. Right? Yeah. That was that moment. Wow, but thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and I, and I pity the people who went, uh, like let's say 100% in it because there are people who, who did that. Yeah, I mean this is the stablecoin Luna since. Oh, I had Luna and I lost everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously it was a painful lesson. No, mm. nobody likes losing six six figures, right? Mm. But it was a reminder that no one is immune from from this kind of uh, like FOMO or mm. even like uh, making mistakes, lah. Like losing money is part of the process, and when investing in new asset classes. This is part of the journey. But and do you see that as a lapse on your, your, your part in terms of like, you know, this idea you talk about simple is hard. Do you, do you see it as that? Well, I think I am, I'm guilty of com- compartmentalization. So I have the simple and simple is hard portion of my portfolio, which is the S&P 500, STITF, Singapore Savings Bond, CPF. Then I have the 
let's risk everything. Right. Portfolio. I right, see. Right, right, right. Yeah. But how do you cope with that loss? Because six figure, mm. even though it's ten percent, yeah, it can be very painful, right? I think. How, how long do you take to recover? No, from that pain. Okay, so uh, I'm quite a hustler. So I, one good thing about me is that I can work hard. And you can make the money back. Yeah, so I recoup the loss in four months. So what I did is that I wrote freelance articles outside work, sorry, man. I think every day for four months. But I've, did you feel like, yeah, but if I didn't lose it, I would have an additional 100,000, right? And that's how people think, right? Yeah, I feel, okay, the way I, 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 I told myself was like, you know, choices got consequences. I made a choice. Crypto is not regulated. It's not backed by any government. There's no uh, uh, SDIC. Mm. So yeah, I got to bear the consequences. And okay. this will be a lesson that I learned. We can probably create content about it on World Series Man also, which, mm. which we did. We did, yeah. So yeah, it's part of the learning journey. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for sharing. I, I, I bought into not just Luna. I mean, I've got uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. And the only reason why I uh, have bought crypto is because my son is into it. And uh, I don't want to be behind him. Okay, no. It's, it's just that, uh, you know, you, can, you cannot tell young people like it's a scam, la, don't buy, right? So if you want to have that conversation with them, uh, I need to invest in something and I need to mm. find out more so that we can have meaningful conversation mm. uh, with the young people. And in this yeah. case, my son, uh, mm. right? So that's the only reason why uh, uh, invest I into crypto. La. Well, I, I do see like a use case for crypto actually, because mm. The world is so dependent on US as the as the main as, as the primary the reserve, currency, yeah. right? Mm. And because uh, in recent years the US economy mm. has been propped up by by low interest rates, mm. a lot of a lot of QE. Mm. So I do see the very compelling reason why people don't use fiat, yeah, use, yeah, yeah, why why a decentralized currencies might work. Yeah, but of course, as I said last year, like this is kind of like the internet stage, right? Last time internet got like Amazon, got pets.com. Mm. You invest in the pets.com, you invest in Amazon, one might make it, mm. one might become nothing. So mm. I guess I just picked one that became nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I, I agree what you have said because I actually went to do a course on uh, crypto mm. and there is this whole material in uh, the US university talking about cryptocurrency, talking about DeFi. I think at some point in time, we will move there. And just for all the listeners out here, I just wanted to say this, uh, that whilst we say maybe there's going to be a use case, the question really is whether you have the ability to take that risk mm. and whether you have the time horizon because uh, there is not enough ev evidence to show that in the long run, this thing will return you something. Mm. Yeah, I'm not stopping you from investing, but you got to ask yourself whether do you have the ability and the time to wait for it to become something right. that will give you a return. Right? Exactly, because you right. end with that. Like, I think Amazon took... Like, Maybe like a decade to recover. Mm. And what will you do during that decade? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So like, let's say Bitcoin one day will be one million dollar. Let's yeah. just say like, probably nonsense like. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> but then it takes fifty years to reach there. Yeah. Then you, you fifty. Hold, then you fifty years. What? Egress is it? No right. Yeah. It cannot be right. That's right. That's right. So it's your ability, right? And a lot depends on your time horizon. And you mentioned asset allocation. because you put everything there and it's gonna take fifty years to come back. Then then you're gonna die la, right? Okay. So. I'm going to just go and talk about the advice part because you said that, uh, yeah, you only ask for advice when you reach a certain level of your wealth. And you have been writing a lot about financial literacy. You've spoken to a lot of financial experts. Uh, you've been managing money yourself. So then when you go and see an advisor, what would you then constitute as good advice? What kind of value advice are you looking for? 
before you will say, yeah, it's worthwhile paying these guys the money. Well, I think because I think the principles of good financial management is quite universal. So for example, like uh, don't overextend, don't get into much debt, right? Uh, asset allocation, diversification. I think what I will consider value is like stuff that I don't know, right? Teach me something that, teach me something new. Okay. And also be someone that can, I can trust with my finances because not everyone wants to share their finances uh, with the world, right? That will probably be the kind of financial advisor that I that I pay for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think trust trust is like a, a big one and maybe even service. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Would for you? me, I think more of a vibe check kind of thing because I, I don't need to learn anything. I just want you to handle for me if can. But I, I would like you to spend time understanding my why. Like what's my life situation? Because I, I think a lot of times like the personal finance space can be very dominated by very like min max kind of scenario where you're trying to get the maximum return of money but that's not why I want money for like I, I would rather you ask me questions about actually what is your life goals like what is your time horizon like what kind of lifestyle do you want is it a car do you want a car in your life do you want a house in your life what kind of house is it mm. based off of that then you give me my recommendations I mm. don't want anything that is propped up or, or like you you come in that hey got this how many percent how many percent like this kind of vibe track thing I feel like it's been we've seen so many of these things like in mm. every sector of the industry online offline right that mm. I just immediately will write off anyone who comes to me trying to sell me a good deal mm. I don't want a good deal I want you to understand what my situation is mm. and help me with that mm. so so I think naturally in this case like for a lot of the lay people like myself like like we have to be very careful about vibe I think because that's all we know I'm not mm. technical enough to be able to tell whether you're bullshitting me with a certain percentage that's too high you mm. know and as a result what happens is that a lot of times right like companies or advisors that I find that advertising reasonably or like advertising well and responsibly will not rise to the surface in terms of visibility mm. meaning your ad is just not going to be as attractive as somebody who's saying look at my watches look at my cars uh, look at this ni li nice lifestyle. Look at how I help. Look at my all my clients. awards. Yeah, look at my yeah. So when I see that kind of immediately, I'm turned off. So like like Rui Ming, for example, he said just now he goes to YouTube, but he's not anyhow just typing stuff. He knows where to go. Like you know, plain bagel. Like one I like to watch, for example, in terms of vibe, uh, this guy called Patrick Boyle. It's just almost like 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 objective to the point where it's almost boring. Mm. Like I still have to watch his videos twice because yeah. he's so It's dry. like the un under 100k subscriber one. Yes. Right. That's <laughs> the, the, the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, this thing, this phrase like play uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And I feel yes. that applies to fund management firm. Mm. Yes. You mm. advise to the formal people, yeah. then they will invest with you. Mm. Then when straight when the market don't do well, they can't complain. No, they, they can't complain. They say, oh, like, wow, stupid lah. Pay, uh, pay so much also useless. Then they will leave and take their funds elsewhere. And yeah. that, that has happened with like quite, quite, a few, uh, few, quite a few companies. So quite a contrary view of uh, looking for websites or YouTubes because you're looking at those websites or YouTubes with lower life, yeah, lower yeah, subscription. Yeah. Yes, because that's where the good stuff the will good be. Stuff. So you need to do your due diligence still. You need to be able to pass through all this nonsense when you're a beginner and you start searching because you don't even know like the in-depth terms enough to find uh, uh, boring enough person. I, I, I think one good way is to look at the comment section. If it's if the comments are like, oh, thanks for uh, telling me about this stock tip. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I went by that became yeah, it's a red flag. No, you know, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just terrible. It should yeah. be something like you know, oh, oh, okay, un 
So like for example, Remy, I understand you say this about thing, but you know historically return rate is only yes. 7%. What That's do you think? That's a high quality yeah. comment, right? Yeah. Now. So you look out for high quality comments. Yeah. You okay. You you read you read like Reddit threads, you read uh you read WhatsApp, man, you read silly. Then after that, you can combine all this information and prov- and provide like background context uh to the discussion that you're about mm-hmm. into. And I feel like uh, if a financial advisor if they provide enough value, right, should be able mm-hmm. to draw from different fields of knowledge, not mm-hmm. just insurance. Yeah, you should know a bit about yeah. property. No, yeah. no, know a bit about like uh estate. Estate stuff. Yeah, I, I know what you mean by boring podcast. Okay, because <laughs> I'm not sure whether you, I mean, I think you have heard of this podcast called The Rational Reminder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <laughs> two guys, the two Canadians, they are actually quite boring. Yeah. But they are really good That's stuff. That's the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. Or uh, the mo- hey, morning stars, like the long, the long view or something like that. Okay. I'm, oh, the long view. Yes. Yeah, yes, I, yes, I, yes. I already cycle. Sometimes I cycle to work. Now okay. I listen to the long view. Then, they are that. Cause usually people will play like Abing music when they yeah. when they play. Then I think I I, I very pisy at, at 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 the traffic light because uh, it's just somebody talking. Because everyone will hear like this boring shit. <laughs> and, like, so you don't oh, okay like, It's not safe to put on the. Yeah, I, I, I don't do Bluetooth done. speaker, but yeah. I just put my phone, phone, phone okay, on. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I mean, just to clarify, the rational reminders, the 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 two Canadians, they, they are quote unquote boring, mm. but good stuff. Mm. You know, and I listen to them when I run. But I have to listen twice sometimes because yes. the podcast so long, one hour, I get distracted. Yeah, my mind yeah, runs yeah. away because they, they go and rattle about the things that were really technical. Yeah. But these are the really good stuff. Yes, right? yes, but your yes. point here is that, well, there is no shortcut. Yes. You really need to do a bit of homework, right? And you really need to, like you said, you read the various websites. And then after that, you compare, you know, before you even speak to an advisor because it's your money after all. As much as you want to trust your advisor, I think you owe it to yourself to do some homework and check at least they are not too far off from mm-hmm. what you have been listening. And if it's like they're saying a different thing, you might really want to challenge that and say, hey, well, you said this, but I heard about this. What, what, is, what are your views? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And uh, all that. Uh, any final words of advice that you want to give to uh, your listeners um, with regard to being woke? La, you know? I think mine is like a age-old advice. I think... Don't be too uh, fixated on investing. The main driver of wealth is still earning power. It's always, it's always earning power. Absolutely. There is no substitute for being a member of society whose skills are, are valued by, by everyone else. Yeah, yeah. It, it's better to earn 5% off like 100,000 mm. than try to 100x $5,000. Yeah. And you know, we are so aligned uh, on this uh, because I always say that income is the thing that makes you rich. Investing helps you stay rich. That's about mm. it, right? It beats inflation. But what will really make you wealthy, financially wealthy, is your income power. Yeah, and I think like, why bet on the market when you can bet on yourself? Mm. Like if given the odds, I always pick myself because I can mm. control what I can. That's right. I can't control the market yeah. at all. So stay relevant. Always stay relevant, right? Because uh, as, okay, I'm speaking to the people in my age group uh, because I'm in my 50s. Sometimes we get tired and we don't keep up. And when we don't keep up, then we get worried about recession. Because if you always have a skill set, you always stay relevant. Actually, you're not worried about recession because somebody will always need that skill mm. of yours. Mm. So, Wichun, any final words of wisdom for I think if, if, if staying relevant is the sort of the, 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 the gameplay meta for uh, mid-career and older uh, salarymen, I think uh, maybe to talk to the younger people who are listening, I think... The thing is, like, I think recently there has been a proliferation of... Because thinking back to before we started Woke Salaryman, right? 
really I don't think the, the, the young people participating in the market has been as as suddenly like furious as it has been over the past few years. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the digitalization of the stock market to the point where you can buy stuff on your phone and also social media talking about it. Mm. And now all these influencers, I mean, mm. we are, maybe we are guilty of that also, you know. But I think with young people, I think that the message is that, yeah, a few of your or your peers might have made it with this magic bullet one-time thing that worked out very well. But mm. the meta that has been very consistent forever has been just slow and steady and you go step by step like mm. a lot of people try to jump like one big cliff face up and then they think they made it from there but a more steady way to do it is to take small steps that you can go step by step by step and that mm. is everything that's like when you're talking about upscaling mm. that's also when it comes to investments that there mm. is no magic one shot thing and these people that try to sell you these things like i would be very very skeptical i think people who go for these one shot things right mm. they can win a couple of times mm. but eventually, yeah, eventually. Yeah. There will be a big loss that wipes mm, out. Yeah, because you always say after this one, I win five hundred percent. I'm done. Yeah. Then what if the because that is your nature now, and like you've mm-hmm. coded and you've basically trained yourself mm. to be proud of the fact that you take mm. advantage of these things. The next one comes along, you're gonna jump on it. Mm. It's right. a casino effect, like you want yeah. time, they attract you, you go back, and then after yeah. that, the next thing you know, you lose everything. And all it takes is one loss because yeah. you're putting everything because yeah, you don't care about asset allocation. Wipe out. Yeah. So, so remember, like when you go all or nothing, you can very yeah. don't forget about nothing. Get nothing. Yeah, there's a nothing at the end they just think about all, all, all it's all or nothing <laughs> and often it's nothing because the people who get nothing right who who draw that result they don't talk about it it's only the people that have all that okay a small it. percentage will get all because they sell at the top yes yes. Yeah, yes. then the, the rest the bottom the back holders they get nothing hopefully they get all they don't go back again because they go back again they may lose it all again <laughs> yeah, right? but so but it's see, the gambling the, I know people like that mm. who because they lost it before they wanna it's like doubling your, your bets when you're losing when you're down at the casino that mentality and that, that that psychology, I've seen it firsthand mm. from friends who've been there. It's very dangerous. I think not just young people. I, I hear like older people say like, oh, you know, I'm going to retire soon. I don't, oh, have, right. yep. I don't have enough money. I want to invest in the stock market. So I have enough money. Like, bro, you know, you have your whole life to make income. And then now it's not the time to take risks. I think because they are older, they feel like I have less time horizon to mm. take small steps. I know, so I need to jump. But that's the wrong way of thinking. It's yeah, a dangerous yeah. way of thinking. Very dangerous. Yeah. So what, your 300k will become 100k? And then you, what? You, you sell, sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, both of you. Thanks uh, for having it's, me. No, no, it's really our honor to it's have both of you to share. And for those of you who are listening uh, to this podcast, I hope you found it beneficial. I found it really, really beneficial just to talk to both uh, Wei Chuan and Ray Ming. But please go on to their website. Okay, go and you know, read their comics, read what they have oh, written. Oh, oh yeah, we have an email newsletter. Okay. It's, it's a Substack. La, so if you can subscribe to it, that, that will be awesome. Yeah, so please do that. Okay, and uh, learn a lot uh, from the work salary man. So thank you so much, both of you, once again. Thank, thank you. you Chris. We learned a lot. Yeah. All analyses, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any use of the information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein. 
All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.